0: Welcome back to the United Pubcast for your US Tour review. Um, Obviously pre-season is still going. There are still two games in Europe before we do commence the season against Wolves um, in the Premier League. But um, the main leg of this season's uh, pre-season tour was obviously in the USA. And that has, has come to an end. So I thought maybe just a good chance to sit back and have a bit of review and a bit of a recap and sort of look at both the collective in regards to the team's performances and the team's results, not that we hold any weight in regards to the results, but just sort of a bit of a, re- a recap there. But also, probably more importantly in my opinion, um, the individuals um, in regards to, now not the individuals are more important than the team, but I think some of the storylines in around certain individuals and how they fared throughout pre-season and what it means for them for the upcoming season in regards to their future In the start in 11 or or potentially the club So I think there are a few interesting storylines there no doubt And um, the latest bit of pre-season While we don't hold any weight in regards to the results And we have lost 3 on the bounce Now I don't see anything in that But obviously um, you'd rather be winning matches than losing matches um, in terms of building your confidence ahead of the season So we'll touch on that as well But um, the results as well, just in regards to that I'll just bring them up here on my phone Here, well, obviously the f- first match I'll incorporate in regards to this US Tour Those first two games and I do know they happen in Europe um, But just in regards to my opinions on the individuals I'll incorporate those first two games Obviously the Leeds match happened in Norway And the Leon match happened in, in Scotland But obviously we did beat Leeds 2-0 Which is always good But um, Always, always enjoy beating Leeds, no doubt, no, no matter whether in the Championship, Premier League, pre-season, whatever it is the case. Beating Leeds, especially the, it was the young kids who beat Leeds then, didn't, uh, wasn't it? So fair play to them for that. Obviously, beating Leon on 1-0 as well. We did start the US Tour with a win against Arsenal, um, 2-0. I thought of a quite solid display against Arsenal, so I got the 2-0 win against Arsenal. But then the next um, three games in the USA, um, obviously, unfortunately, did end in defeat. Now, one of those, obviously, was the Wrexham game make of that what you will, that Wrexham game, I sort of hold, it was good to see, I did, did enjoy watching those kids get the opportunity, but it is what it is in regards to a pre-season match, it was more to do with Wrexham and the brand they're building, rather than Manchester United's preparations, um, so you can form an opinion on that, should Manchester United have, have partaked in that, but um, that what, is whats what it is, I don't think that's there's too much of a discussion to be had around that Wrexham match, but then obviously the 2-0 defeat against Real Madrid, and then... This morning at the time of recording this, um, Manchester United did go down to Bruce Dortmund 3-2 in what I thought was potentially a very good first half, up until 43 minutes, and then you go into half-time 2-1 down, and then suddenly it's a disaster, and we did go on to lose the match 3-2. So that Dortmund, in regards to a, sort of a spectacle as a fan, it was probably a very enjoyable match to watch. In regards to pre-season's preparations, I'm sure Eric ten Haag has many questions over what he did see in that Dortmund game, but... um. So they're the results in pre-season I personally, now I'm old school, some people would probably think I'm a sick individual for thinking this I enjoy losing games in pre-season Just my experience as a player and my experience in watching Manchester United When you win pre-season games, all that guarantees in my mind is you losing the first game of the season So I actually don't mind losing a couple of games in pre-season And I'd rather have a winning streak at the start of the season than in pre-season So um, we do remember, I think the famous one was Louis van Gaal it was thumping everyone um, in Louis Van Hal's first pre-season. I think we're winning game six, seven nil, and then we went into the first game against Swansea, Old Trafford, and lost. I think last season's pre-season was quite solid under Eric Ten Hag results-wise, if I stand corrected. And then, um, obviously, we do, do know how the season did start when when official points were up for grabs. So I, I hold absolutely no. Now, obviously, you'd prefer to win games, uh, of course, but in regards to I think the defeats have come in quite sort of. Closely contested matches We haven't been sort of blown away Four or five nil And absolute dominator I think our defeats have come I thought we were quite good Against Real Madrid Dortmund I thought it Was quite evenly matched It was just sort of Individual errors Or sort of Those defensive lapses Which did cost us So uh, No issue with the defeats But um, it is interesting In regards to At the end of the day Facts speak for themselves We have lost three in, a, um, three in a row So fingers crossed Maybe we can get a win In these two remaining Pre-season games And just build up That confidence a little bit But um just in regards to confidence, I think that is a huge thing in regards to the purpose of pre-season. I think when we all did pre-season as kids, it was simply, okay, put the balls away and you run around, you do laps or you do your beep test or whatever, simply get fit. So in essence, that has never changed. It is about fitness, no doubt, now in terms of the way football and professional sport has changed. They're not really doing sort of those old school laps around the field. It's still part of it. You still have to get your, the miles in the legs, no doubt. But um, I don't think it's so much of a case of that now in terms of... They are still getting through huge physical amounts of sort of training, but um, a lot of it is now with the ball and sort of uh, how many matches in this preseason, so many matches. I think nothing beats match fitness compared to no matter how what you can score in a beep test, um, that doesn't matter these days, how much can you run on, on 90 minutes throughout the game. I think that's a de- very different type of running. So preseason has definitely changed um, in regards to a player and a team's sort of preparations for an upcoming season. But um, the actual pre-season tour itself, in regards to obviously we were lucky enough here this time a year ago, obviously Manchester United were in Australia. And the pre-season tour, while the football team, it's there to prepare for the the upcoming season, get fit, get familiar um, with everyone's playing style. Obviously new manager at the time, new players coming in. The reason they do it in America, the reason they go to China, the reason they come to Australia is obviously a commercial thing in regards to sort of... Providing a connection or enabling a connection With that fan base or that, that market Obviously that is why so many tours do go To America and so many do go to Asia They obviously do want to tap into that market So if a manager of had his Ideal sort of pre-season preparation It would probably be in Spain somewhere A bit of warm weather training in Spain quite close get And play whoever whatever opposition In Spain the reason we have to go across The world and this is good because here we are On the other side of the world we do want that experience We do want that connection with the team when they come here but it's simply the reason they are here um, is financial. And um, there's so many financial commitments, there's so many uh, media commitments the players have in regards to making the tour worthwhile, worthwhile financially for the club. So that can sometimes take away from the manager's preparations. So I always find it interesting in regards to sort of evaluating. We'll, we'll look at a pre season here as fans and we'll look at a player's performance or a team's performance. And we'll make a judgment on how we're looking before the season, but always put yourself in the manager's shoes. It would be fascinating to see what Eric Ten Hag thinks of this preseason in regards to there's been so much travel. In regards to haven't been able to sort of set up a base camp in some city and sort of do two weeks of training uninterrupted. What they've had to do here to meet all the commercial requirements the club has placed on them is... Visit all these cities that they haven't had just a sort of one spot where they can focus on their football They've had to play a game then the next day they've had to get on a plane and go to another city Had a day of training maybe two days of training play another game then set up camp again somewhere else And that is simply not ideal for a managers and his preparations and obviously the players in terms of their fitness I know, I know they are traveling in first class and have the best sort of facilities available to them But they're still traveling uh, no matter if it's first class or in economy They are traveling and um, going through the different time zones and obviously the physical toll that pre-season does naturally take on their bodies, um, it's definitely not ideal for a player um, a player or a team. I think if any manager, and this is not just um, Eric Ten Hag and Manchester United, I'm, I'm sure there's Pep Guardiola. I think they're in Japan or um, South Korea at the moment. I think, okay, that's the best team in the world and the best manager in the world, and they have to do those preparations. well. I'm sure Pep Guardiola would just rather go to Barcelona or somewhere in Italy or something and do a bit of warm weather training there rather than sort of go off and, unfortunately, it's the nature of the beast. Obviously, it, it is a must, um, and we here as Manchester United fans here in Australia um, reap the rewards of that last year by sort of finally seeing them back in Australia. So, obviously, there are huge pros and cons to it, but um, the preparation, I'd love to see Eriton Hard's honest thoughts. I think he'll say in the media, very happy with the tour. I think when you do see the logistics of what we did see with this tour in regards to the amount of travelling and games, um, I don't think it has been ideal preparation. Um, fingers crossed I'm wrong with that, but um, I don't think it has been a great pre... through no fault of anyone, um, just in regards to how the cookie has crumbled this preseason. I think it's been a little bit um, tough on the players, in my opinion. So, um as I said, I'll go through the individuals. In regards to the results of the team, I I don't read too much into it. So I'll look more so in terms of one or two players in regards to what it means for them and sort of their upcoming season. The first one I can think of is... Obviously not a new player, but almost like a new player when we did see him out there with his new bleach blonde hair. But Lissandro Martinez, obviously, I think he has been the player of this preseason. and Not that he was, he was putting in any prime demand Vidic or Rio Ferdinand performances, but I just think he's been very good and very solid. And I don't think we have had sort of a standout performer in this preseason tour. But I do look at Lissandro Martinez' performances, and I wouldn't put him down like a new sign-in, because obviously he did come in this time last year, but he did have that little bit of a spell out. Injured at the end of the last season It did prove a little bit costly We did definitely miss him So when we did see him back after a Pretty serious injury, Not a serious, serious injury But a significant injury um, To see him come back And think, oh yeah No, he is good at football Well, we did miss him So it was great to see Lissandro Martinez back And um, the one or two things We have seen from him in this preseason I think you'd have to say Almost looks back to his best, um, you'd have to say, um, in some way, shape or form. And um, I think especially the way he, especially he hasn't really linked up too heavily with Onana at the moment, just through in terms of starting 11s and Onana's later rival. But I really do think as great as Onana will be in his transformation of allowing Manchester United to play out from the back. I think Lissandro Martinez is just as important as Andrea Nana in terms of the way he's collect- he's comfortable collecting the ball, playing in certain areas with certain angles as well. I think Lissandro Martinez, in terms of we always talk about this second season syndrome, I think Lissandro Martinez will be far better off for the season he has just had in terms of now he's also got maybe one or two players a little bit more comfortable around him. Um, in terms of playing that style, I think Lissandro Martinez is, oh, I say this as well, more so probably hope as well, but also with a bit of a calculated guess um, I do think he will kick on this season and be even better and I think he's probably arguably our player of the season last year so um, if that is the case um, we're up for one hell of a season by the butcher and um, it's mainly just good to see him back because whenever you do have a significant injury um, you never know how the player is going to come back but so far he looks fit he looks sharp and looks like he hasn't missed a beat so Luceno Martinez I just think in regards to a standout player Again, not with 10 out of 10 performances, but just in the, the player for me who has sort of stood out the most, impressed me the most in regards to the most solid performances um, for me has definitely been Lissandro Martinez. Now, I'll stay in the back line, I'll sort of go and move up the pitch in regards to some of the names that do spring to mind. This name is very interesting in regards to this is not me saying he has a future at Manchester United or I want to see a future at Manchester United, but just in regards to evaluating performances and also Eric Ten Hag's inclusion of this player. Brendan Williams, this has been an interesting one because I think everyone sits in the same sort of camp when it comes to Brendan Williams. Okay, well, we liked him when he came through. He did a job for he got a Solskjaer, but ultimately, he's a Manchester United calibre in regards to what we need. I think all of us would unfortunately say no, and that's through no sort of criticism towards Brendan Williams. Just the fact of the matter, Luke Shaw is a great left back. You've obviously got. Um, a significant sign in Terrell Malassia there. Um, we've got two right backs on the other side who he's not getting ahead of. You would obviously have Alvaro Fernandez coming through who does look quality. So is Brendan Williams going to make it at Manchester United? I think all of us would probably say no. But in regards to it, he's getting a lot of minutes. Now, again, in pre season, obviously Traumalassia is injured, so Terrell Malassia would take that spot. I'm fully aware of that. But just in regards to it, Alvaro Fernandez, seemed to get a little bit of momentum in this pre season. He's obviously had the year on loan. At Preston North End as well, but since Alvaro Fernandez has sort of come back into the senior setup for one or two of these last pre-season games, it's Brendan Williams who's still been getting the nod. Now that doesn't mean Brendan Williams is going to be sort of involved when the Premier League season does start. Troy will come back, and you don't know if there's going to be an offer on the table from another club for Brendan Williams, which will change the outlook of his future. But um ten has consistently used him, and not used him in like always the the strongest eleven. But in, there's been one or two occasions where you could have used Alvaro Fernandez or you could have used someone else and it has been Brandon Williams and I just find that just interesting. And it's not to say Eric Ten Hag has put him in the shop window or Eric Ten Hag rates him or he's putting him in the team for this reason or that reason. I just find it interesting that he has been put in that position. There's been other players who simply, uh, there's been once or twice you thought Donny van der Beek should be playing in this game or or would be playing in this game, but he's been left out and not been given any minutes. And think, well, what what does that mean for Donny van der Beek? You can draw your own conclusions. But just with with Brandon Williams, I I just think he's been used a little bit more than I would uh, would have thought he would have been used at the start of the preseason tour. So, um, again, I don't draw any conclusions. That mean he has a future or doesn't have a future. I just found it a little bit interesting. And what I would say about his performances... Again, he hasn't shown me anything. I say, okay, he's going to be—he should be our backup fullback this season. Far from it. But what I would say in regards to—he is obviously heavily criticised because he's not a fancy name, and if someone's not a great player at the moment, we need to sell them. In terms of the reaction from the fan base, so he does get a lot of stick. Brandon Williams. What I would say about his performance—he's I think he's been actually quite solid um, in pre-season. Again, solid isn't enough to, okay, you secure a future this season at Man United. But I just think he is a player who gets criticised quite heavily. I just think in regards to these performances and um, looking fit and sharp and sort of trying to adapt your game in regards to suiting the manager and doing what he asks of you, to be fair, I think Brandon Williams has actually done quite well. So I'm very interested to see what happens. I I do expect a club to come in and him to move on, no doubt. But um, Ten Hag's use of him um, I've found very interesting. Do let us know what you think about um, Brandon Williams' um, pre-season this year. Very interesting indeed. And... um, a very important preseason for the next man who comes to mind is Mason Mount. I would say, well, if you do you want to rate this out of ten, I'm not sure. I would say a a good six out of ten. Now, is six out of ten good? I'm not sure, but I just 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 think he's been good. Again, in terms of now he's got the price tag, he's got the number seven shirt. What I do think in regards to potentially the seven shirt, maybe just being good and not horrible, or not being sort of a standout player, or not sort of coming in late in the window. The 7 show isn't really a discussion now amongst fans or what I do see online. Now, maybe I'm looking in the wrong spots, but I think it's potentially with the arrival of Onana now potentially Hoyland as well, we've almost forgotten about the 7 and he's just sort of just blending in midfield. He's not sort of standing out or he's not dropping, dropping stinkers. As I said, just a 6 out of 10 performance each week from Mason Mount. I think it kind of just going under the radar, which is potentially probably what he needs. So in regards to his performances and his introduction to life at Manchester, Manchester United, he hasn't hit the ground running. He hasn't sort of... Provided or sort of answered the the 60 million pound price tag, but but I do believe he has been good. He's going to take time time to adapt, no doubt. It's pre season, so just in regards to evaluating one's performance, you can't read too much into that. But obviously, it's a new team, um, new manager, etc. So he's got that extra little bit of learning as well. So you obviously do need patience with Mason Mount, and again, it hasn't been great. But definitely wouldn't say bad I think there's been worse performers this pre-season So happy with what I've seen from Mason Mount Now what will happen, um, this is all pre-season When three points are up for grabs against Wolves at Old Trafford And it's number seven shirt and a reminder of the price tag um, He will have to deliver, no doubt But um, from what I've seen in pre-season um, I've liked, I liked what I've seen My only questions around Mason Mount pretty much at the moment Would be in regards to where does Eric Ten Hag seem When he first came in It's Okay, he's going to take Christian Eriksen's role and I think that's where I do—I still sort of hold my opinion. But it's in interest in regards to okay, if we're bringing Amrabat in, is Amrabat going to be the first choice midfielder next to Casemiro or Bruno's playing? So where does that leave Mason Mount? So my questions at the moment is not so much in regards to Mason Mount's performances or his ability. It's where we're we going to use him. How's it? There's even been once or twice he's sort of drifted into wide areas. I don't think anyone wants to see Mason Mount or Bruno for that matter sort of shifted to that wide area of the pitch. But is that potentially Eric Ten Hag? Is something he's going to utilize if we do bring in Amrabat. I'm not sure, but Mason Mount, in regards to the big money signing, you number seven, how's he been for me? I think he's been fine. Fine in preseason is good enough for me. Um, Unfortunately for him though, you're going to need it to be a little bit more than fine uh, when the season does kick off. But um, happy enough with Mason Mount. Um, Just moving forward, I said we'll keep this relatively short and just one or two players that sort of did stand out. You like we know what what we're going to get from Casemiro, Bruno Fernandes. Um, Diago Delo, Aaron wan bissaka you know what you're going to get from those players and the stories around them and, and what their futures do look like at Manchester United but um, just one or two other players in regards to I don't know if I'd put this in a surprise category of the pre-season but someone, I think it was the first game when we had the really strong 45 um, the really strong 11 in 145 and a weaker 11 in the next 45 Amari Forsen was included in the strongest 11 um, he played on the left wing, and and he's always been sort of involved, almost in the caliber of Brandon Williams. Just when you think it'll be someone else, suddenly you see Forsen's name on the team. So you think, oh jeez, uh, I didn't expect that. Even after that first game, where he was included in that strongest eleven, I think Emran got a goal, and you think, okay, Emran's the one who's going to kick on now in that area of the pitch, or uh, Ahmad, but Ahmad's potentially picked up an injury as well. But um, it always ended up in Forsen. You say, oh, Eric Ten Hag he's obviously seen something um, in him, and fair play to him. Me personally. I don't... And this is not to be critical of Forson, I think he's done, almost like Mason Mount, quite good in pre-season. Not great, not bad. Just, he's done his job, especially for a young player. I just don't see a career as a Manchester United player. He might have something special, which I haven't seen yet. And fingers crossed, i love any youth player to come through and prove me wrong. And definitely, I'm not going to judge any performances like any player in pre-season. But I just, I don't see a future, especially in the short term, of him contributing to first-team football at Manchester United. You know, I don't see Eric Ten Hag obviously has a far better eye for football at Man United players than I do, but um, I just haven't seen it. Fingers crossed he is showing something in, pre-se- in pre-season training behind closed doors, but I've always found his, intro- his um, sort of inclusion in some of the 11s quite interesting. And Again, not to be critical, I do enjoy seeing it. Um, I just think when points are up for grabs, um, I don't think Forsen's name will be anywhere near the team sheet, nor should it be. When Manchester Manchester United, we should have the best in class, no doubt. Fingers crossed, he can get there one day. I just don't see it. Um, especially with a competition, we do have ahead of Forsen but um, yeah, do let us know your th- um thinking in around his um, pre-season because he's a name that definitely I don't think anyone sort of had on the tip of their tongue, but here he is, and I just think the last thing with him was interesting in regards to the match against Dortmund. He got into one or two little push and shove matches, which sort of happens, no issue. Then suddenly Eric Ten Hag takes him off, and I, I, I was generally, I didn't mind it, but I was also a little bit shocked, I think, hang on, is he making an example, Is has he said something, um, is he backchatted or something, is a—is there, there, is there a different reason that's come out, maybe Eric Ten Hag has spoken about it, I'm not sure, I didn't sort of see the post-match press conferences, maybe he did touch on it, but I was actually quite surprised when he did take him off, now again, it was probably a good thing, um, in regards to a very good learning experience, but Ten Hag... In terms of his public dealings with players, he always has a—I a, don't want to say—agenda in a bad way, but there's always a reason for it. And um, he would have known taking a young young in the first half what that looks like and what that what message that sends. So um, I don't know what that I don't know what message was sent, but um, definitely something was sent to Amari Force and, and it is interesting because one, it was probably a good substitution in, t- in case of doing something stupid um, in regards to just keeping eleven men on the pitch but also is a potentially a longer term vision by Eric Ten Hag and saying, I do see something in this player. I want to teach him a valuable lesson now and sort of not embarrass him, but yeah, kind of make an example of him. And maybe that is something Forson sort of will react to and potentially kick on in certain aspects of his career. So I'd, lo- I'd love to sort of get a little bit more. Again, he might have he might have mentioned this, I'm not sure, but in Eric Ten Hag's press conference, um, if he did say anything about that interaction with Forsen, because when he did sub him off, he, he sort of spoke to him about 30 seconds to a minute. Um, in regards to really laying down the law So um, am interested in regards to Forsen Just in regards to this preseason Because I don't see him at Manchester United in the long term Or especially in the short term I should say But um, like Brandon Williams Has been included a little bit more than what we probably would have thought Or definitely would have thought At the start of the season So I'm um, definitely keeping a key eye, keen eye On what happens with Forsen um, This season And probably the last man that comes to mind in regards to preseason As we'll just wrap this up Jadon Sancho if anyone needed a big pre-season, it was Jadon Sancho in regards to the issues facing around the, the Sancho narrative last season. He had to come and he had to look sharp, he had to deliver and sort of almost save his crew, Manchester United. I don't think there was any danger of him being sold um, this window, but um, in regards to sort of cementing yourself in regards to the first team plans, he, he did need to impress and he's kind of, through Anthony Marshall's injury and no, no signing of a striker until even Rasmus Hoyland hasn't arrived yet. Um, he's had to play in that false nine position. Now, you could argue this two ways. That has been good because he's been able to sort of work his way into a start in 11 and sort of guarantee minutes throughout pre-season, which is good, but also a negative. He's then having to be played out of position. So one, he's getting the minutes that he desperately needs, but he's getting them from a performance point of view in the wrong position. So he's maybe not been able to perform to the best of his ability. So I think there's pros and cons in terms of the way Jaden Sancho would have sort of individually looked at the... Um, the outlay of this pre-season, but to, I think he started to look sharper. I think maybe in regards to performance and execution, he's maybe let himself down at times, but um, just looks sharper uh, now. In preseason I'm sure he's sort of working on his fitness, and we'll see if he looks sharp after he gets one or two injuries and the season sort of prolongs. Um, fingers crossed he can sort of continue this. But um, good, good to see physically from Jaden Sancho, and obviously that's always been a bit of a negative around Jaden Sancho in regards to his fitness. It's not so much his desire, and that is somewhat somewhat labelled at Jaden Sancho as well. It's not so much his desire or the getting around the pitch. It's just that burst of pace because he has all the ability in the world to do something. You just think, can he just do it a little bit quicker? Can he just have that extra spring in his step to just sort of burst past someone or get to a ball first? That would make all the difference. And he's starting to do that. The prime example is obviously that goal against Arsenal. I'm sure when Gabriel missed it on halfway, all of us saw, okay, Jaden Sancho's in. Well, nothing's going to come of this He won't be able to get away from the defender He's going to have to cut back and sort of just keep possession Suddenly, Gabriel missed it And suddenly, Jaden Sejo was through And you say, oh, hang on He's, he's, he's done something here um, he's, he's found a little bit of pace in his back pocket And um, that was a very sort of pleasant surprise And I think he has sort of shown one or two glimpses of that this preseason And um, unfortunately, it has come in the wrong positions And I don't think it's a position that suits him Um, In regards to leading the line But um, at the moment Anthony Martial's injured And at the time of recording Rasmus Hoyland isn't officially A Manchester United player So in regards to weighing up Striking options for the game against Wolves If you're a betting man I would say Jadon Sancho starts at number 9 Now you call it a false 9 of course But um, I think at the moment In regards to Even if Hoyland does come in in And is officially announced A Manchester United player Before that game I would actually expect Jadon Sancho To start against Wolves up front Now is that the right selection, probably not in my opinion but I would potentially be moving Marcus Rashford to the middle and maybe a Ganacho or even maybe Sancho out to the left himself actually, to be honest, that's probably what I would do in regards to, and I don't think Marcus Rashford's the great striker in terms of, I don't think that should be the answer, but in regards to finding a bit of a balance, that's what I'll be doing against Wolves now that could have been very much change, Hoyland did come in and score three goals in the rest of this preseason, and he has to start against um, Wolves, I'm not sure what will be the case there, but um, Jadon Sancho's preseason, I believe has been Probably what he needed. Um, There have been cons to it in regards to, as as said, certain parts of his execution in front of goal in that final third. But um, physically, I I think he he looked to improve, and um, he definitely needed improvement. So um, Jaden Santra, from what I've seen in pre-season, I'm quite happy um, with what he is doing. But um, as said, with all these players and all these sort of stories and sort of narratives around players. no matter how good you are doing pre season, it means nothing. When points up for grabs throughout the Premier League, um, that is when you're going to be judged. And that's where Jaden Sancho is going to be judged. There's no doubt about that, especially when some of these other players coming in, let's say you're Amrabad or Hoyland, they're coming in and from all reports suggest that being put on quite sensible contracts. We obviously, remember when Jaden Sancho came in, he's on anything but a sensible contract. So, unfortunately, one or two sort of poor performances by. Jaden Sancho, we will be looking at a three hundred and fifty thousand pound wage and is he living up to that? Um, he is the only man that can answer that and he has to answer that on the pitch. So I do have faith in Jaden Sancho. Now it's it's last chance to win for him. He needs to definitely deliver, there's no doubt about that. But um that's up to him. Um Hug Hag is gonna give him the opportunity, I believe. And um he obviously has the ability. Um if he if he does turn it around, we do have a player on our hands, but um it is going to come down to him And um, I do have also faith in Eric Ten Hag In terms of managing the situation And getting the best out of him But um, that just about wraps up my thoughts on the US Tour As so there are one or two more games left Before the game against Wolves um, To start off the Premier League But um, all in all, as I said at the start I think the US Tour logistically hasn't been great For our preparations this season But um, I think one or two individuals have sort of benefited from it, no doubt, but um, also some maybe could look at it the other way and say it hasn't worked out perfectly for them either in terms of maybe not getting the minutes. They required, whether that be required to sort of contribute to Manchester United or required to sort of put yourself in a shop window to potentially get a move elsewhere. Um, I haven't even mentioned Anthony Marshall in this. Um, he was on the tour. He just he never played or didn't even look like he was training Anthony Marshall's situation as a podcast for another day. No doubt when I am with Larry, but um, hopefully you did get something out of that. Um, as I said, Larry and I, our schedules didn't sync this week to meet up at the pub, but um, we'll do our best, no doubt to do so this week and bring you something next Tuesday morning um, but until then whatever your podcast does podcast app does allow it would be very um, nice of you if you could leave a review rating or comment whatever it does allow that would be great and um, if you do need a little bit more sort of a daily content head over to YouTube um, just type in the United Podcast, hit that subscribe button and um, hopefully everyone enjoys the rest of their week and um, is counting down the days until the Premier League does start and um, we'll definitely bring you all the Latest done um, until then. So, on um, until then, have a good one, and I'll chat to you soon. Cheers.